Now a 46-yard attempt. Groupie from the left hash as we welcome a new audience. Saints looking to regain the lead. From 46 yards out, Groupie's kick is no good. Wide to the right. And we've talked about the fact that for the last 30 years, it's been Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers here in Green Bay. Jordan Love making his first home start in the regular season at Lambeau Field. A magical fourth quarter comeback by the Green Bay Packers after blowing it by allowing 13 fourth quarter points in Atlanta last week. You talk about resilient and everything that we've just said. Let's also remind everyone no starting left tackle, no starting left guard, no starting running back, no starting wide receiver. Boy, what a tough team. That's a great job by the Packers. Green Bay wins their 11th consecutive home opener in come-from-behind fashion, down 17 in the fourth quarter. Yeah, Jay Love, let's get it! Hey, first win in Lambeau. Hey, first of me to come. Let's get it. <laughs> Well, there was never a doubt, right? Um, not not how you draw it up. Uh, you got to give the Saints a ton of credit. They they built a pretty good lead right there. Um, but I cannot tell you, I've never been a part of a win like this. The guys in the locker room, they believe, they believe in one in one another, and they continue to battle. And that that's really, as a coach, that's all that's all you can ask of anybody, is to continue to fight continued to battle. Um, it certainly wasn't pretty from an offensive standpoint. Uh, there was a, obviously a huge mistake on, on, on special teams. I thought our defense battled for four quarters to hold an offense to 10 points in this league. You should, you should typically win that game. Um, but the resiliency of that locker room was incredible. I have never seen anything like it. Uh, it's hard not to get too emotional about it. Um, it was like a nightmare that went to a dream. And I think there's parts of that where I just, I mean, I can't even remember the fourth quarter. It just was, a, it's a blur. But um, got to give our coaching staff and everybody a part of this, our, our players certainly, a, a ton of credit to continue to fight and, and battle for four quarters. Let's go down in life out here. What the hell's going on out here? Hey, what about that now? Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at Steve Diddy NFL on Twitter and across follow the group at UK Packers. And what a game! What a game! Hold on, I'm just adjusting the mic. Hold on, it's very raw. It's WWE raw. I don't know what that means. I don't watch wrestling. Um, it's fake. Just like the NFL saw scripted. That's what I saw someone say, that this game was scripted because of the uh, dodgy play calls. But then, yeah, Packers fans throughout the game saying, anyway, what am I waffling about them? Um, about our crap for? This is the post-game review show. So if you're listening to this later in the week, it was recorded and is being recorded straight after the game. So there's no me reading what someone else said, reacting to that. Uh, what I do is, is I get, I sit down very boringly. So, and I write down every play. And then I have a little narrative and I go through that. But look, everyone's mind is blown. The heart attack pack is back. But I just want to set expectations here. Because what I'll do a little bit later in the show, I canvas people on the Twitter, on X. I canvas your X uh, to get uh, their opinion 
on it and I'll be reading out fan opinions. But one of the ones came in from Tom Coles and he said it's only taken two and a half days or sorry, two and a half games for people's expectations to go out the window. And he's dead right because and I think that's what I'll start doing, Tom, if you're listening, is to sort of remind people what the expectation should be, what where the bar should be set uh, coming into this season. We have, for instance, I'll just put it this way. If the Packers had this roster with Aaron Rodgers, it would be a year that would be deemed wasting his Super Bowl window, wasting his career and all this type of stuff, because that's what we see in all the time. For instance, Devontae Adams left to the Las Vegas Raiders. This isn't a knock on the Packers or LaFleur or Rodgers or Devontae or anything like that, but it's just simple facts. Devontae Adams left to the Raiders. And the only thing we kept hearing was, is how how the hell are we supposed to recover from a wide receiver number one? Uh, because they were telling us that 90% of the plays that were drawn up were drawn up for Devontae Adams. Um, it's no secret, never has been, that Aaron Rodgers would always go to the players that he trusts. And Randall Cobb, in fact, said it in hard knocks this year to the Jets wide receiver room. He said that if Rodgers trusts you, then he's going to throw you the ball, but you have to earn that trust. Because if he don't trust you, he's not going to throw you the ball. I can promise you that. If he don't trust you, he don't not like throwing interceptions. So if he can't trust that you're going to run the right route, he's not going to throw it. It's just a matter of time. Um, then a lot of people start going out, and when Rodgers was throwing to people like Geronimo Allison uh, and MVS and ESB and any other acronym you can think of, um, you know, you just it's two sheets to the wind. You just have to do what you have to do. So what we see now from the Packers offense is, is that Jordan Love, uh, for want of a better word, is not even enough to go through his reads and throw to whoever's open. Now, we saw in this game that that didn't exactly pan out. But what I will say is, is that the let's look at the expectation here. Um, if you were to talk to Packer fans before the season and if you were to look at it on paper, uh, loads of rookies, rookies everywhere. Um, you know, players, Dontavian Wicks, we have, you know, some of these are not going to be rookies. Uh, Luke Musgrave. Uh, Romeo Dubs, not a rookie seen as a veteran, but for God's sake, it's his second year. Our wide receiver number one is a guy who dropped a surefire touchdown in week one last year against the Vikes, uh, got absolutely pasted online and then came back to redeem himself. But is it with a hamstring injury in, in Christian Watson? So we're relying on our wide receiver number one being a second year guy, which is mind blowing. Um, and the chemistry that Jordan Love has with Romeo Dobbs, by the way, who's also a second year player, equally mind blowing. But back to the expectations, a Packer fan would tell you six wins would be great. You know, anywhere between seven and nine is a success. And then we'd see where we fare after that. And, you know, after the first game with the Bears and we blow past them um, and then we come up against uh, week two and we just barely miss out um, on that game by a point when we really should have won that game against the Falcons, in my opinion. Um and we just capitulated at the end with the defense. It's, I think, like Thomas said, it's kind of destroyed the expectations for people. But like I sort of, um, now again, if you're listening to that intro, it's all spliced and diced. It's not, it didn't all come one after the other. But again, look at without wide receiver number one, running back number one, left tackle number one, left guard number one, uh, Devondre Campbell went out injured. Uh, Valentine, uh, Carrington Valentine, who came in and was fantastic in the preseason and all that jazz, he went out. And it's just, it's quite, and, and as well as that, I mean, if you look at this game, the score ended 18-17 and seven of those points was a punt return for a touchdown. So as much as people are moaning about the defense and so at times it was shocking and we go through it, but they only gave up 10 points. And like Matt LaFleur said in his post-game presser, 
is that if the defense gives up 10 points, that's a game that you expect to win. But, you know, this team, when you look at it on paper, should not be winning games. If the wisdom, if the NFL wisdom is to be believed, if you've got one of the youngest teams in the NFL, um, you know, yes, you have a stronger defense. You've got a quarterback. He simply hasn't been tested. And by all my estimations, the guy is it. He's he's the guy. Jordan Love is that guy. Now, you look at his stat line, it's 22 for 44, 259 yards, a touchdown and an interception. The interception was really bad. Um, another one of his deep balls uh, that didn't pan out, which is kind of a theme. Um, but, you know, calmness personified. But like we sort of looked at last week when we went up against the Falcons and we were, you know, 12 points ahead and then the Falcons go ahead and then we have 50 seconds to pull it back and Jordan Love looked like he had nothing. And that started to rear its head kind of in the very first offensive possession as well. That sort of, you know, little panic moment. Um, but if I was to sum up the game, it's as simple as this. The defense start defense starts off well with a three and out. Then it turns out throughout the game, we, just, we simply cannot stop the pass. Uh, Chris Olave kind of gouged us out of it. Now, I think if you look at his stats um, at the end of the game, you go, right, nothing to write home about, but eight receptions for 104 yards. Uh, but it seemed like every time they went for the pass, the defense just had nothing for them. But stopping the run was was great. And it's no secret, they kept mentioning it throughout the game, the, pen the offensive penalties absolutely murdered us. Now, the Saints weirdly ended up with a higher penalty yardage in the end. That all comes down to the fourth quarter uh, defensive pass interference. They ended up with seven penalties for 102 yards. Um, and th their game was ruined by those because it put the Packers in scoring positions, which they went on to do. Uh, but we ended up with 11 penalties, which is four more than the Saints for 90 yards, um, which is really, really criminal. So if you add that to the team we have, to the quarterback who hasn't been tested, um, to being down 17 zip and rookies on the team, the whole works. All of them, loads starting players. Like Jair Alexander. I always listen back to when I say Jair, Jair Alexander. Jair Alexander. Jair Alexander being out. To overcome this is is bonkers. And the fact that we're 2-1 and one and we had, we're top of the division. Um, so the Bears are currently being spanked by the Chiefs. The Vikings lost again, so they're 0-3. And the Lions won, uh, but we still end up top in the division. I just think this is a masterclass. But one thing shone through for me, which to navigate the THs as an Irishman, give me credit here, especially this late at night. Um, Matt LaFleur called a fantastic game. A really, really good game. Um, his play calls are fantastic. And the team that ended up happening was, it was a fantastic play design. And it was a good play call for the for the down and distance, but it was really bad execution. And you can't expect Jordan Love to do well when he's absolutely no momentum, no rhythm at all, because, it's, you know, there's one good play and then all of a sudden it's scuppered again. Another thing that stood out for me was Luke Musgrave. Um, I'd say his numbers don't stand out. Um, you know, you don't look at them and sort of go, oh, well, I mean, the guy's a superstar. But to me, this was his coming out game. Because he was catching passes over the middle. He ended up with 8 targets. Catching 6 for 49 yards. For an 8.2 average. Um, and a long of 12. Now that's not going to. You're not going to look at that and go. Well that was mind blowing. But I just felt that Musgrave was there. When he needed to be there. Another thing that stood out to me was. Is the. Just everything. The Packers should have lost this game. The penalties alone. But there was some of these passes. Jordan Love hit them on the absolute money. And for. 
you know, the defensive player making a play and sometimes they got too much credit. Uh, there was one with, I believe, Wicks in the end zone and they were banging on about Taylor all game um, for the Saints. But it just felt that it, it was an unbelievable catch by, I believe it was Wicks, and he went to ground and it was the left leg of Taylor. I think it was Taylor anyway. Uh, ended up sort of dragging the ball out of his hands, which was criminal. Um, and there was a couple of those I found that the, the pass were absolutely on the money. Um, and we only have to go back to the very first. Um, and I'll be flicking through because, as I said, this is going to be a bit raw. Uh, but if we go back to the first offensive stand. And before that, actually, let's look at the defense. First and 10, run stuff. Second and 10, incomplete pass. Third and 10, Kenny Clark comes in for the sack. Unbelievable. Um, and then we look at the offense comes on. Um, AJ Dillon run. That's scrubbed off by John Runyon holding Cole. Then it's first and 20. What do you suppose? Now, we got the ball at the halfway line, right? If I'm allowed to say so. At the 50-yard marker. Um, and now we're first and 20. Then there's a penalty for a false start on Royce Newman. So it's a first and 25. Then it's a pass to Musgrave, who was wide open, by the way. Again, fantastic play calling and play designed by Matt LaFleur. And we get 10 yards. So then it becomes second and 15. Love run. And he slid, by the way. Anybody noticed that? That uh, Jordan Love was able to slide? It was a piss poor attempt at a slide, but he still slid. Um, it's third and I think seven. And it's a slant to Dobbs. And it's a fourth and two. And he leaves the offense out. And that is the theme of this game. Matt LaFleur has absolute conquerors of steel. Um, between that play, which was... Uh, I'll just run through it before I start talking about Matt LaFleur's balls anymore. Uh, but a bit of trickery is a flea flicker to Wilson. Wilson passes it back to Love. If you can call that a pass. It wasn't a pass. It was atrocious. Uh, sort of scuffs it into the ground. It goes backwards so Love can pick it up and try and make the throw. Um, and Love slips and slides about the place. Actually, in fact, he was better sliding when he didn't want to than when he did. But anyway, I digress. Um, and he tries to get the ball out to uh, Dontavian Wicks and he just skies him because he kind of panics and also he's falling to the ground. Now, the last time we saw a quarterback fall to the ground and throw the ball successfully was either Patrick Mahomes or it was Aaron Rodgers looking like a Jedi Knight. Um, but again, from the very beginning, the first offensive stand, it was balls of steel stuff from Matt LaFleur. Now, you've rookies on the roster, you've loads of players missing, you're up against it. And what we've seen from Matt LaFleur the whole time is that he backs his offense, he backs his players, and he goes for it. Um, and I know they sort of talked about it at the... So the Packers scored a touchdown and they go for a two-point conversion, which they get, which was an unbelievable, seemingly improvised play from Jordan Love. And he throws across his body over to the left um, and ends up securing that two-point conversion. But to do it at that stage, and that's what they were saying, is they were like, you know... Because he went for it as well um, on fourth down and they didn't get it. Um, which still left him at 17-0, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but this is straight after the game. But to go for that two-point conversion and to get it, and the comms were questioning him and saying, like, you know, like, why not just get your points and you're still within a score and, you know, all that kind of jazz and you tie up the game. Matt LaFleur, at that stage, obviously was going for the win. And it turned out to be absolutely inspired. It puts the Packers up to 17-11. And they ended up going in for the touchdown. You know, and the fact that Jordan Love runs it in as well. And he's mobile. The guy is just coolness personified. Uh, but the sort of, you know, the overarching thing with the defense for me. And I, I saw a couple of people slate the defense, you know, and say that they were absolutely terrible. They, they couldn't do anything. Um, In my notes here, when I'm looking through it, 
Loads of run stuffing. Um, very good on the run tonight, I found. Um, you know, I'll make a liar myself now and I'll look at the stats and I'll see that it was absolutely shocking. Uh, but New Orleans running. Uh, Kendra Miller, nine carries for 34 yards. Amazing. Uh, Troy Jones Jr., eight carries for 31 yards. Amazing. And Taysom Hill, four carries for 12 yards. They didn't let a running back over 3.9 yards per carry, which was incredible. Sh- uh, Rashid god damn it Rashid Shahid it's late Get, cut me some slack here lads uh, one carry for zero and we I sort of focused on him on the pre on the on the quick snaps for your big package um, before and you know he was an absolute weapon and there were the comms were waxing lyrical about oh when he was on the practice squad and the scout team they had to take him off because he was too fast um, and it's very easy to say you know Derek Carr got injured and he went off and James Winston come on and he was hopeless wasn't that hopeless he ended up with a higher quarterback rating than Jordan Love did on the game he went 10 for 16 for 101 yards for an average of 6.3 which was more than Derek Carr Uh, and he was only sacked once and a quarterback rating of 80.5 so you know it's not as if James Winston comes in and absolutely destroys the game I just thought the defensive line looked fantastic on the run Um, Rashan Gary I mean, the guy's an absolute game wrecker, and that's exactly what you want to see. Um, he came in, and I believe he got, uh, I make a liar myself now, three sacks. Yes, three sacks, uh, which is unbelievable. Kenny Clark got a sack as well to total four. There was balls being swatted down as well. Carl Brooks uh, got his hand up and, and got one down. So it's just the defense to allow 10 points because it looks bad. And against the, the pass, it looked atrocious because Chris Olave seemingly was able to do whatever he wanted to do again eight receptions on 11 targets for over 100 yards an average of 13 and it just seemed like anytime they wanted to rip out the the chunk play they did it but it simply comes down to excellent play calling and I'm a massive Matt LaFleur believer I have to say and it's ridiculous to say because this is their 11th um, home opener win on the trot and He's shown himself in the Aaron Rodgers era and I always felt that that did him a disservice and you kind of see what happens. But if you were to write it down in a novel and say, here comes a, here's a guy, Matt LaFleur comes in as a dynamic, fantastic, bright, uh, bushy-tailed, glinty-eyed coach. He inherits the Lionel Messi of the NFL with Aaron Rodgers, kind of. Well, maybe the Ronaldo, because he's got kind of a bit of a bad attitude, right? So he comes in, he gets Rodgers, he gets Devontae Adams, um, he gets a defense that should be performing well, but they simply aren't. And he does really, really well. And he starts, I mean, his name's up there with John Madden and he's more not in Super Bowl success. But when it comes to winning games in his first couple of seasons, you know, he surpasses Vince Lombardi, which is just mind blowing. And then you write into the script. He loses his best Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame receiver, in my opinion, Devontae Adams, whose route running was just absolutely sublime. Um, he gets MVP seasons out of Aaron Rodgers, but then he gets ticked off and ends up going out the door. And then you get Jordan Love, who was, you know, being questioned because of his college record. And he was an interception leader the preseason before he took over a starter. They got the receiver room, tight end room. Uh, not really the running back room, I guess, because they have Aaron Jones in there. But then it doesn't matter because he gets injured anyway. You write that down and you tell me that the Packers win games. And I would simply say to you in the sort of established wisdom out there in the group think of it all, uh, no, that's not going to happen. And will they struggle? Yes. And should we be okay with it? Yes. And the fact that they've 
won this game in the opposite fashion as to what happened with the Falcons. Means that the Packers have won against the Bears in Soldier Field. And whatever we want to say about the Bears and the Bears suck and it's always fun. And I was on the radio actually this weekend, um, Slayton, which was fun as well. Uh, so look, we beat the Bears. They're a bad team. We only barely miss out to the Falcons by a point. Um, and now we beat the Saints by a point. Does it prove anything? I'd love to say yes. And from what LaFleur is saying, that the locker room is completely bought in. Um, people screaming at the end of the game about Jay Love and all of this type of stuff. But come on, we have to admit, what we've seen from Jordan Love so far has been absolutely phenomenal. And how are we seeing... And by the way, right, Jordan Love, to me, I can sum him up in three things. One, he doesn't know how to slide. Two, he's 90% tongue, because all you see is that tongue going the whole time. Apparently, there was a story about Andre Agassi and, and Boris Becker where I think it was Becker used to stick out his tongue and he'd stick it out to the left and he knew he was going to try hit the ball to the left. I'm hoping Jordan Love doesn't have any of those tendencies. Um, And I've lost my train of thought in the third one. It probably will come back to me right at the end of the show or when I'm listening back to this in the edit. Um, But, you know, the the guy is is just sublime. Now he's, uh, oh yeah, that was the other one. Here's the third one. Got it. Oh my God, my brain's working again. Um, most of Jordan Love's throws are sidearms. And I don't know why. Um, But he, he seems like a sidearm kind of guy and looks very impressive. But we can see in real time Jordan Love learning and if he keeps going the way he's going and Matt LaFleur keeps putting him in these positions because the play calling on third down and some of these things that he's doing, um, it makes me want to go back and rewatch the tape of prior years with Aaron Rodgers because I want to see are the players in these play calls as open as they are this time around or has LaFleur just adapted? But either way, I'm not trying to sully anyone's reputation because Aaron Rodgers um, was one of the absolute greatest. Um, and he's deserved that accolade and first time, first ballot Hall of Famer. But you kind of go back and start reassessing stuff. But what I will say is, is that my criticism of Matt LaFleur in the past has been that he hasn't been able to make adjustments. And when we've gone off to the West Coast and we face some of these teams in sunny climates, um, he's kind of crapped the bed at times. And what he said is that the players just aren't up for it. Um, and that's one thing that sort of really stands out this season is that He's playing and calling plays for the team that he has and not the team that he wants. And I think that that's spectacular. And the fact is that there's points, many points left out on the field. Had we shored up that punt return, this would the game would be different. Would the Packers come back into Who knows, right? Let's not get into hypotheticals. But, you know, the, the game would have been more in the Packers' favour, obviously. If we And the thing is, let's look at the deficiencies, right? And we're looking at... Uh, penalties, which was 90 yards of penalties. And we look at the players that were committing those penalties. You know, the uh, illegal formations and the uh, offsides and the false starts and all this. The majority of those players were young, inexperienced players. So we'd imagine that to be able to cut that stuff out and have a good operation. And in fact, they won the game, so no harm, no foul-ish. Um, and it's a teaching moment. And I know that's kind of a bit naff, right? And a bit cliche. But it really is because now you can spank those fellas for want of a better word. It's late night, late night with Steve here, right? You're going to get all the innuendos. Um, he can spank those lads in the film room and say, you see what you did wrong there, right? And they'll shore that stuff up, hopefully. Um, and in fairness, and I've said it in previous games, it's not very often that we've banged on about the special teams being poor because that was the going right back to Mike McCarthy when he gave Tom Clements the play calling and he went to try sort out special teams. That's how bad the special teams have been and that's since when they've been bad. So that'll give you some sort of indication many, many moons ago. 
Um, and even before that, I mean, it's not as if we were sort of ripping it up. So, you know, to see the team develop in real time is exciting. But the thing is, is let's bring it back to the expectations at the very beginning. This is a really young team. Jordan Love is going to learn on the fly, although we've been bolstered by what he's been doing. Um, he started off the season fantastically, running in for a touchdown, you know, scoring a two-point conversion. It's all really, really promising stuff. The things he obviously needs to work on um, is the, you know, those long balls. He's he's always overcooking them or undercooking. Not always, but he, there's a lot of those that I think he'd want back. But one development that I saw from Jordan Love is just how vocal he is and how much he wants from his players. And I'm not going to over-egg it too much. Uh, but Taylor ran out and it was an easy five-yarder for him. Uh, he didn't finish his route. And the way Jordan Love looked at him and screamed at him, not in an Aaron Rodgers, I'm disappointed on your daddy kind of way, but in a way of, you know, I want more from you. And that's leadership. Um, And again, it's not a dig at Aaron Rodgers or anything like that, but Jordan Love is kind of, he's more involved with these guys. It's it's The dynamic is more that he's a peer and he's not sort of, you have to please him and all that kind of stuff. But to jar at his players like that shows the inexperience of Taylor. And also just to do exactly what was expected of him. Again, another teaching moment if we ever find ourselves in that position. Um, but again, I just thought it was a master game plan. It was it was by no means perfect at all. And it's not as if he was flawless. But just I found that the use of Patrick Taylor to come in for some sort of you know late game runs. Uh, they had Patrick Taylor on receiving as well. I mean, did he make a massive impact? No. Uh, to bring in Wilson later in the game as well. Uh, you know, AJ Dillon, again, didn't cover himself in glory with 11 carries, um, you know, for 33 yards. And again, you have to take into account that there was a long of 14 on that as well. But when they had to pull out the stops, they did. And when they had to go long ball at the end, they did. And was it on target? Pretty much. I mean, it was largely on target. There was one of them where the defender had to come in and actually play, sort of, you know, slap the ball away um, at the very end. So it was enough on the money, and it was on target enough to draw that defensive pass interference and whatever about the conspiracy theories. But this is the type of football I think we're going to get all season. Is is It's not going to be perfect. It's going to be experimental. There's going to be really brain fart mistakes. But like LaFleur says, if this is a team that he says, sees in the locker room and he's getting almost emotional talking about how much they've got each other's back, that team is going to grow and develop. Now, will it, will it, you know, I'm not, I'm Irish, right? So I don't deal too well with emotions. So will that translate into wins? Who knows? But it's certainly a recipe for success. And it's exactly the type of thing that the Packers were going after. Gudekunst made no bones about it when he came in as GM, that he was going to try scourge uh, the sort of, you know, dark atmosphere around the locker room, get rid of that entitlement and come in and build a positive attitude of players that get behind the team. And that's exactly what he's done. So to me, it's the fruits of his labor. Now, again, you can call me a, a home office uh, homer and all this type of stuff. It's simply put, we're seeing results on the field. Is it perfect football? No, but we should not expect perfect football from the beginning. But look, I'm going to end the show and I'm going to read down through um, some of people's tweets because I wanted to get your feeling of what you thought about the game. Um, so hopefully you hear your tweet being read here. And um, Bear with me as I kind of get down through them. Okay, so here we go. Uh, the, the call to action was, Packer fans, help us put that game into words. We're about to hit the podcast studio for a post-game review and give us your thoughts, emotions, feedback below uh, to be read out on the show. So the first one comes from Dominic uh, Weimark. He says, incredible fourth quarter energy. 
18 unanswered points, fantastic showing from both sides of the ball, a far cry from last week's fourth quarter. Dylan needs a touchdown to boost some confidence ASAP. I think that too, and I know there's been criticism of Dylan, and, and it's warranted right because he's a big-bodied guy. You'd expect him to truck guys over. Um, but I do think he deserves a touchdown, and he, it's a very tall order for him to come in and have to carry it, especially under the fire uh, from Packers fans. And like Dominic says, I mean, incredible fourth-quarter energy. This simply was not a team that went down 17 points to zip and gave up. I never once sat there looking at this game and thought, uh, it's over. I think I'll just, you know, watch the rest of it in the morning. There was always fight in this team, which is why we put out at halftime, you know, do you think that, um, you know, the Packers could come back into it? And, you know, there was a sort of a mixed bag there. Uh, this one's from Justin. So much to be excited about. Jordan Love is a baller and Rashan Gary needs to be paid. Too many penalties, but young team. Lots of learning and growth from this game. Injuries concerning, though. Valentine, Campbell and Tom all went down. Again, another great point. I mean, Devondre Campbell, who played really well last week, uh, goes down. So, not great. Uh, Brett uh, Cookster. Sorry, uh, Brett, for butchering your name. Just had to seriously get... Uh, into my 11-year-old daughter's face after she said it was game over at 17-0 and I told her to have faith. No regrets at all. J-Love looks to be the man. Uh, some, you know, solid parenting there. It's saying, look, you know, never give up. Uh, Shelly, who's a Shelly the Chiefs fan, who's Dominic's missus, says, uh, even I jumped off the sofa. What a thriller. I want to know what was said at halftime. Uh, so do I, Shelly. Uh, unbelievable stuff. But the fact that the team never gave up again Unbelievable. Damo, uh, at Damo Packers. Uh, tough first three quarters. Lots of offensive penalties and mistakes. Mostly down to being a young and experienced team. Agree, Damo. Uh, you could see the pieces were there, but just wasn't coming together. Fourth quarter, J Love shower. Uh, who he is, and it was glorious. I think that showed. Uh, lots to be excited about with this team. Uh, Katie Woodkowski. All I can do is marvel at Jordan Love's composure. He was amazing. Uh, Deagle Martin Durbo. Uh, Jackie himself just puts in resilience uh patty is a packers fan and patty we'll forgive you for this she says i should be ashamed of myself for doubting them in the first three and a half quarters we were down 17 nil patty and the penalties just kept coming so i don't blame you but anyway and i probably should go to confession for the language that i used when they came back and won okay and for the language that i used throughout a lot of the game yeah i mean there was i'd say the air was blue uh, ben Cadwallader says it's been quite a while since I've been that happy to see a field goal attempt sail wide good to see the gutsy desperation calls work out such as a two point conversion after going for it on fourth down and the red zone uh, failed earlier I hope that comeback really boosts the team's confidence yeah I mean look to, to go for the two pointer uh, to continuously choose to go for it on fourth down even though we've had good success um, in, in sort of prior weeks with it but anyway uh, Gary Bracky says resilient is the word of the game Love believes in his ability when others are still doubting him it's great seeing the young offensive core chemistry grow they clearly trust each other and the process I think that's a key point whether they trust each other or not I'd have to agree because you know he wouldn't throw the ball their way but I, I think he trusts Matt LaFleur's play calling I think he trusts what he sees as the player being open and he throws the ball to where it should be and we've seen in this game, we've seen in preseason, uh, you know, Dan Orlovsky was breaking down the tape and saying it's really promising. Even the passes that fell incomplete, they were the ones to go for. There was other parts that were a little bit dodgy. I, I feel that the interception was kind of a wing and a prayer. Um, it was kind of a lofted ball when other balls are really are more nuanced. Give me a break. Uh, with Jordan Love, where they're talking about the weight on the ball and where he puts it and only the receiver can get it. Uh, but Jordan Love simply does not care, I don't think, about his stats at this stage in his career. Uh, we saw a bit of that. What we saw with Aaron Rodgers, I believe, and I know I'm comparing the two, but um, 
and I know people get a snot up their nose about it, right? But at the end of the day, Ra- Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback that some people who support the team, that's all they knew. Um, you know, there was a time, I believe, that he was very protective of his stats. And I feel like when LaFleur came in, Rodgers was more willing to trust the process. But there was a bit of a sort of a regression there. Um, the Welsh Packer, I was ready to throw my phone out the window after the first half. Not the only one. Great adjustments made. Great play calling by Matt LaFleur. And Love has put the league on notice. Agreed. Look, the play calling for me from Matt LaFleur the whole way. I don't believe that the deficit was anything to do with Matt LaFleur. Um, and I think the play calls that he tr- that he called... I mean, I sort of read it out earlier. You know, Mosgrave comes in and gets a 10-yard gain, but it was first and 25, so what are you going to do? And there was an awful lot of that in this game, if you go back and watch it, where the Packers needed 10 yards and they get 11. I'm pretty sure, and I, I might do another podcast where I just literally go down through the play sheet uh, that I've written down, because I know I've done episodes like that where people have have liked it, but I don't know, there was consecutive plays definitely where the Packers needed a third and 10 or a second and 11 or whatever, and they literally come up, and there was a nice one there, I believe it was Wicks or Dobbs, where they literally sat their arse on the yard marker. Uh, they received it and fell backwards. It's just fantastic play. Uh, Mama J says, Cardiac Pack is back. It was a great game because we never gave up. Agreed. I mean, it's just enjoyable stuff. And I believe even if the Packers had lost, yeah, you'd be bummed out. But you look at it and go, look, we never um, we never gave up. Nathan James, Jordan Love is a beast. A lot to deal with. And he carried the team to that win. Uh, also, all the S Barry got, the D only gave up 10. Still not his biggest fan mind. Yeah, look, I mean... You'd expect him to be doing a whole lot more and you sort of think about the Legion of Boom stuff with the Seahawks, the amount of first-rounders that we have. Um, but again, the pieces that we do have are working. Rashan Gary's an absolute uh, game wrecker. Dam says, uh, we now know we can lean on love. This should change how we call plays. I am also bizarrely glad he had his first interception. Liberates him as he plays interceptions do happen. Doesn't stop you from playing bold. That's a really good point, actually. Because that becomes that sort of, you know, elephant in the room then. Because the longer it goes. Because I remember that with Aaron Rodgers. He hadn't thrown an interception or a pick six for X amount of time. Now, again, looking after the ball obviously is paramount. But I completely get what you mean. Uh, Dave B, uh, Aussie Packer UK, says, Love is a stone cold baller. When these pass catchers mature, we are going to be deadly. Agreed. Because there was definitely some drop passes that I, I think we can we can get back. Uh, Liam C, possibly the most satisfying win I've experienced as a Packers fan. To come back in the fourth quarter with the youngest team in the NFL and without five of your best players is really something. Um, it truly is. Uh, now, look, there's, there's loads more reaction on that chain one of them was needed this tonight and it's tom just putting up uh, a bottle of gin absolutely right but look absolutely love the fan feedback and whatever about the team being united this uh, season seems completely different in packer nation as well there's an awful lot more positivity there and i like the fact that the expectation is where it is now i do feel like we got a little bit ahead of ourselves um, and again i get sucked into it because you see the team and the potential they have the play calls the drops the unnecessary penalties and you kind of think like god this team should be so much further ahead but when you think about what we have with the rookies the inexperienced jordan love the injuries it really is mind-blowing and I'm just in awe of Matt LaFleur and what he's doing. Now, can this stuff turn around quickly? Yes, it can. Sean McVay went from being the golden boy to being the guy of like, oh, why can't he get it to work? Uh, but look, I just think life is short um, and it, this is supposed to be fun supporting your team. And I think I speak for most of the fan base when I say this is one of the most funnest seasons, pre-seasons um, ever, uh, just leading into this game because... 
you know, there's the stress of going from Favre to Rodgers, then Rodgers being great Super Bowl, and then the kind of struggles ever since, really. You know, what did we go, 16-0 and 0, and then 16-1, and 1, or 15-1, and 1, I should say, because it wasn't 17 games back then. Uh, you know, then losing to the Giants, and then it's just been kind of like trying to chase our tails. And sometimes you sort of get penalised for early success because it sets the bar so high. Uh, but I just feel like this is a really mixed bag season and I'm really enjoying the football that we're seeing so far. Some of it's pooey, but I don't feel like in any of the games that we've played, we've been out. And the question that I asked in the preview show is that if the Packers go down, are they a team that's built to lead and that we can keep that lead and we can hang on and the defense can cling on or can we come from behind? The Packers just completed... Uh, they tied their best comeback in franchise history in the fourth quarter with 17 points. So you cannot ask any more than that. There was some fantastic play calling. Uh, there was some plastic, fantastic, fantastic, uh, maybe plantastic is what we're going for here. Calls from Matt LaFleur. We're going for it on the on fourth down. We're going for the two-point conversion. Um, and then Jordan Love proved that he can go through his reads. Um, and he can hit the players that he's supposed to. He goes for the deep shots, although he's missed a couple of them. Um, and it really is just, he's the coolest dude on the planet right now for me. He's just so cool, so calm, so composed. And I think he's answered that question that yes, he can come back. And in fact, he he matched that franchise record. Will that mean that he'll come back every time? Of course not. Um, but the game isn't perfect and to expect things to be perfect is such a thing that we do nowadays over social media when really we're only a bunch of meat sacks walking around and everybody makes mistakes but look the Packers are 2-1 and one. they're top of the division um, and we're going to keep this train rolling but I'll be back with Quick Snaps which is the preview show and it'll be a little bit earlier um, this week and of course if you want to win signed merchandise from current Packer players and past grades go to patreon.com forward slash UK Packers and we're doing more with video so I'd love to get involved go to TikTok go to Instagram go to youtube.com forward slash UK Packers but from me at Steedy the NFL Jesus it's tiring um, and after that wonderful game I hope your heart rate continues uh, to get back to normal it's a big massive go pack go and speak to you soon